Sorrow and dead in my sin, lost without hope with no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in when death was arrested and my life began. Pulsing ash was redeemed, and ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. And my orphan heart was given a name. And my morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested. 
Come on, church, sing it, your grace. In all your grace, suffering, washes over me. Because you have made me new, now life begins with you. And it's your I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom he faithfully bore. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was arrested, my life began. All oh, your grace, suffering, washes over. darkness rejoices though heaven had lost but then Jesus arose with our freedom in heaven and that's when
back into that for just a, just a couple more moments before we go into communion this morning. Flow back into that for just a minute. And as, as we worship, we're getting ready to partake in communion and remember what Jesus did for us. So as, as we worship for these couple more moments before we flow into communion, would you just, just tune in your heart? Just, just look for what God has for you this morning. Just listen for what God has to speak to you today. And just really tune in as we sing this for a couple of moments. And it's your grace so free washes over me. Cause you have made me new now. Life begins with you. And it's your endless love pouring down. As we get prepared for communion, I just want you to recognize that we need to take communion with the right heart this morning. So if there's anybody in this room that you say, you know, there's there's something between me and God today. There's something between me and the Lord. What I would love for you to do is in that moment, in this moment, before we move into communion, is just begin to get your heart right with God. Just begin to say, Lord, I know that this has stood in between you and me. Or, Lord, I know that this is what you've been speaking to me about, and I need to let it go. And this morning, Lord, I just choose to let it go. This morning, Lord, I, I choose forgiveness for that person that I've been withholding forgiveness from in my heart. And this morning, Lord, I, I choose to worship you with my whole heart. Not areas I've been holding back and not areas I've been keeping from you, Lord, but I choose to worship you with my whole heart this morning. As we prepare to take communion this morning, we have communion cups just outside on the on the table. But if you came in another entrance and you're not prepared or you don't have a cup, would you mind just raising a hand and say, ushers, I, I need a cup this morning. They're going to come around and serve. And while they're doing that, Pastor Rushing and, and Pastor Kenny, would you guys mind joining me up here to pray over the elements this morning? chapter 11 verses 23 through 26 and it reads like this for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me 
In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until the day that he comes. Pastor Kenny, would you pray over the bread? Hallelujah. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the body of Jesus. Lord, your word tells us that the veil was torn from top to bottom at the moment of his death, that that opened the curtain, opened the veil for us to individually be able to go into the holies of holies. And later he said it himself, his body was the veil. Thank you, God. Thank you for his broken body. Jesus, thank you for what you did for us. That even though you could have called 10,000 angels to your aid, you did it for me and for everyone in this room. And had we been the only person on the earth, you would have done it for them. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your broken body and the stripes that you took also for our healing on your body. Oh, Jesus, you did so much for us. It is our reasonable service to return that worship to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we're indeed thankful for the blood of Jesus. It covers a multitude of sins. We are so thankful that you were willing to let it cover cover a multitude of sins. And that would not have happened had the Father not been willing to have you mutilated. That blood would flow. And even when they pierced your side, put nails in your hands and crossed your feet. Blood gushed forth. They put a crown of thorns on your head. Oh God, I can't imagine the torture. No wonder. No wonder he struggled in the garden praying. But Lord, he looked down through the annals of time and saw each of us God's way. So thank you, Father, for this blood. And we appreciate it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please continue to worship this morning.
Take a moment and give the Lord a big hand clap of praise this morning. See, there's a there's a moment to be still and to be quiet and to think about what the Lord did and allow that to permeate your spirit, allow that to permeate who you are in your mind and think about it and just be quiet. And then there's a moment to be loud and there's a moment to celebrate. And there's a moment to shout because you know what God did on your behalf. Because you know that he moved mightily in your life. Amen. That you know because of what he did on that cross that you now have access to heaven. That you now have access to eternal life. And then that's you this morning and you recognize that. Give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Miss Lucille, come here for a minute. <laughs> I just, uh, I love this woman. <laughs> I just want you to hear her thank the Lord this morning. Would you thank the Lord? I need you all. Come go with me. I need you to come go with me because he deserves. He deserves your hallelujah. He deserves your thank you. He deserves everything you got. And I need you to go with me and take the roof off this building. I need you to lift this roof and this roof off this building and let God know that you appreciate him today. Let him know that you are thankful. Let him know that you are thankful. He's grateful. He's greatly to be praised. Come on, let's give him all we got. 
Forget about that person next to you. Forget about that person in front of you. Let's give him some crazy praise. Give the Lord some praise. Amen. You can be seated if you like. We're going we're gonna to continue to worship with our giving this morning. Sometimes I'm, I'm a firm believer that you need to hear somebody else connect with Jesus. And, and you need to hear somebody else thank Jesus for what they did in their life. And you need to see the Holy Spirit moving on somebody else on occasion so you recognize and realize uh, what you need in your life. Amen. That despite circumstances, despite the year that we've had, despite everything that's coming against us, despite everything that's happened in our country, despite everything that continues to happen, despite all of that, God is good. Amen. Amen. And we are members of a kingdom. Amen. It's a kingdom that supersedes America. It's a kingdom that supersedes this planet. We're a member of a kingdom. Amen. And I'm thankful for that kingdom this morning. If you would, church, our ushers have, have made some buckets available to you at the front of each aisle. And we're going to roll into the next song and continue to worship. But uh, this time we're going to worship with our giving. So what I'd like to ask you to do is you, you'll see these new giving envelopes that are in the seats in front of you. They look a little different than they have in the past. But. Uh, they have a flap to open up, but on the back side, it shows the four ways that you have to give here at Redemption Point. And then on the inside, it has your information. But if you would, if you would just prepare that. And as Pastor Brad rolls into this into this next song, that you would get, get up with a cheerful heart, with a worshipful heart, and just bring your offering forth and, and lay it in the bucket at the front of each aisle. And if you're in the, in the balcony, there's a bucket right in the middle, kind of right behind the sound team and media team. And if you would, just uh, praise him 
and worship him in your giving this morning. Amen. I want to take a moment and welcome those who are watching online and those who are still joining us from home. We love you and we can't wait until you make it here in person. We're, we're worshiping with you this morning. We hope that you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit right there in your pajamas, right there in your living room. Uh, if you're sitting there eating breakfast, it's okay. I hope that the Holy Spirit just moves on you and you got to kick your bacon aside and just get up and dance a little bit this morning. Amen. Whatever happens, but I just pray that he would flow through your homes, those of you that are watching at home, that he would just flow through. That anything in any way the enemy has tried to hinder you this week, in any way the enemy has come against you, whether it be your health, whether it be your family, your relationships, we just bind and rebuke that today in the mighty name of Jesus. We speak wholeness over Sal Ferrante today. We speak wholeness over his life. I ask you, Father, for complete healing in the mighty name of Jesus as they're watching this morning. Holy Spirit, that you would just move on his heart, move on his body, and bring complete healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I lift up the family of Jeff McDonald today, Lord, who passed away last night. We lift up his family and friends today, Lord, and we just pray, pray for wholeness in their hearts. We pray, Lord, that they would have peace in the midst of their grief, in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the situation, that they would have your peace, Lord. And we pray that over his son, his 22-year-old son today, Lord, that you would move on his life and on his heart because he's too young to have lost his father, Lord. And he may have lost his earthly father last night, Lord, but you are a good, good father to him, and you'll be able to meet every need that he has. We just pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. If you can't get up to make it to the buckets, just lift your hand, and one of our ushers will take care of you. But let's pray over our offering this morning. Lord, we thank you this morning. I thank you for moving on this place. I thank you for the anointing we feel in this house. I thank you, Lord, that you have, you have touched each and every one of us this morning. I thank you, Father, that you won't leave us unchanged, but that when we leave here today, we'll continue to, to feel your presence. Lord, I pray over every tither, every giver in this place, that you would just move on them, just meet their needs, that you would bless them according to all the promises that you've placed in your word, Lord. You promised it, you gave it to us, Lord, and I just pray that you would uh, just dole out those on every giver and every tither today in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Worship in your giving today. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. So, so good to me. When I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. And you have been so, so kind to me. Still you 
God, we just pray right now for this service, Lord. We pray that you'll just continue to bless the service, bless the word that's about to be spoken, God. Pray for every single person represented here, God. I pray for their families, God. I call forth lost people, God. I, I call forth people in pain, Jesus. God, I just pray that you will just in this room just begin to fill their hearts, God. Lord, I pray that you will show them who you are, God. And I pray for Pastor Steve right now that you will anoint his lips, God, that every single word that comes out of his mouth will not fall to the ground or fall on fertile soil. In Jesus' name, amen.
new sermon series. I know this is a bit unusual, but as much as I tried, I could not get this brand spanking new Camaro onto our stage. I just couldn't get it through the doorways. So we're shooting this video to talk about the intro to our new series, Too Much Junk in the Trunk. Uh, and you say, well, Pastor Steve, what in the world does that mean? Well, we're going to get into it over the course of the next few weeks. Uh, very excited to do this series. I think it's very important. But we're going to be talking about uh, Chevy Camaros. Well, what do you mean Chevy Camaros? That, how are you going to preach about a Camaro? Well, we're going to compare cars to people. And this car is pretty sweet. I've been driving it today. I got to pick it up. It's on loan from Love Chevy right here in Inverness. And uh, my great friend, uh, General Manager Brendan Prue, allowed us to use this car. So if you want to go buy this car after this series, go right ahead. It's, it's available. Uh, but so excited uh, to compare cars to people. It was kind of a, a moment where you, you kind of thought about, you know, people on the outside really take care of what they look like, but rarely do people really take care of what's happening on the inside. So in this series, we're going to be talking about the difference between how something looks awesome on the outside and how something looks on the inside. And you say, well, Pastor Steve, that's a brand spanking new Camaro. You know, it, I'm sure it looks just as good on the inside as it does on the outside. Well, we're going to find that out in just a couple moments. times what's going on the inside doesn't show on the outside with people and with cars. I'm sure some of you have bought a car in the past and it looked great, drove great until you got a home. And then once you got a home, you realize, man, there's some problems under the hood with this car or there's some problems on the inside of this car. Uh, well, this particular car today is, is awesome. Doesn't seem to have any issues, right? It's gorgeous. It's very fast. I drove it, picked it up this morning. It runs awesome, sounds awesome. This is a true sports car right here, right? Doesn't look like there should be any issues with it. And a lot of times we see people that look absolutely like this on the outside, man. They look like a sports car, finely tuned. They got it all together. And then you get just a little bit closer to them and you see, oh, wait a minute. There's, there's like a bunch of junk in there. There's things that need to be clean. Wait, it kind of speaks a little bit, right? It, it smells funky. like. What's going on here? Like everything looks so perfect on the outside and then uh, we, we get a little closer look and there's trash all in a brand spanking new Chevy Camaro. There's trash everywhere, right? Uh, the outside was deceiving in the moment. The truth was you say, well, Pastor Steve, who are you talking about? What kind of people are you talking about? I'm talking about us. I'm talking about everybody. We always do our best to, to show our best foot forward and we should, right? And we do our best to make sure we look good and we should. Uh, but we also need to pay attention to what's happening inside uh, our cars. So sometimes God is speaking to you or me and he says, hey, Steve, hey, I want to do something in your life. I want to give you something. You've got to make room for it, right? Sometimes we got to make room for what God wants in our life. But it's hard to make room when, when you see you open a door and junk and trash just kind of falls out because we've got so much stuff on the inside that we haven't cleaned up yet. 
that we haven't dealt with. So you say, you know what, God? It's okay. I got more space, right? Yes, I've got some junk in the driver's seat. Yes, I'm letting the driver's seat kind of run me in some ways that maybe I shouldn't. And I'm, I'm going to work on that, God. But you know what? In the meantime, I totally want what you have for me. And I've got some more space back here. So let's put it in here. Oh, no. God, I'm, I'm sorry. I've got too much junk in the trunk. about you but I kind of dig that song <laughs> you guys that aren't clapping are Ford people aren't you <laughs> I'm just kidding I, hey I love Chevy but I drive a Dodge so <laughs> and we have a few Dodge people so so this series guys talking about putting too much junk in the trunk I'm sure as, as we finished and kind of rolled through that video a lot of you were thinking uh, hopefully kind of about yourself you know uh, sometimes we tend to think about other people, we kind of shovel it their way, but I hope that during that video as we were talking about that, you were thinking about yourself, like what is what is some junk that maybe you've been carrying around that has kept you from getting things that God has been trying to give you in your life? Because how many of you know that God has lots of gifts for you, he has lots of blessings for you, he has things that he wants to do in your family and things he wants to do in your personal walk with him and things he wants to do in your relationships and things he wants to do in your marriages, in your friendships, things that he wants to do in your life, but sometimes we just have way too much other junk in the way. Right, God wants to move in a certain way, but he can't because we don't have any space to hold what he's trying to hand us. Our arms are already full. Our trunk is already full. We've got no other space to take and receive what it is that God has for us, right? Sometimes it's like that. And now how many of you are brave enough to go, yeah, sometimes that's me, right? I am. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes I need to clear something out to receive and be ready to receive what God has for us. So over the course of this series, we're going to be talking about things that we need to let go of to receive some things that God has for us. Now, I'm going to lay down the groundwork for the series this week, and we're going to talk about the groundwork of it. But next week, uh, Pastor Kenny Berger uh, will be preaching, and he's going to he's going to do part two of Too Much Junk in the Trunk. So he's going to start to move into ways and things that we need to let go of and things that we need to grab that God is trying to give us. So he's going to move into that, and then we're going to have part three and part four and, and finish out the series the rest of the month. But next week is Pastor Appreciation, and they won't let me preach on Pastor Appreciation. So Pastor Kitty will be, will be preaching instead. Would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 or turn your tablet there, your phone, however uh, you carry the Bible these days with you? So in Ephesians chapter 4, it'll also be on the screen if you need to read it. Uh, starting in verse 22, reads like this. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live, no, you know what, I'm going to read that version. You were told that your foolish desires will destroy you and that you must give up your old way of life with all its bad habits. Let the Spirit change your way of thinking and make you into a new person. You were created to be like God, and so you must please him and be truly holy. We are part of the same body. Stop lying. 
and start telling each other the truth. Don't get so angry that you sin. Don't go to bed angry. And don't give the devil a chance. If you are a thief, quit stealing. For the love of God, just quit it. If, if you are a thief, be honest and work hard so you will have something to give to people in need. Stop all your dirty talk. Say that You see why I like this, this version? Stop all your dirty talk. Say the right thing at the right time and help others by what you say. Don't make God's spirit sad. The spirit makes you sure that someday you will be free from your sin. Stop being bitter and angry and mad at each other. Don't yell at one another or curse each other or ever be rude. Instead, be kind and merciful and forgive others, just as God forgave you because of Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to deliver your message today, your word, Lord, and read your scripture. Father, I just pray that we would uh, receive it with open hearts, Lord, that our hearts would be plowed up and ready to receive the seeds that your gospel has for us today. Father, let us, let us plant it, get it watered, and let it grow in our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. So I want to talk today about the differences we see from the outside to the inside on people. How many of you know that you don't always get what you think you're getting? Right? When you come into relationship with somebody, you don't always get what you think you got. Right? Because you can look on the outside and, 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 and they, they say you can't judge a book by its cover, and that is totally true. You can look on the outside of a person and you can think you're getting something in that relationship. You can think you're going to get something in that friendship. You can think you're going to get something in that marriage. Uh, but then you find up getting something that you didn't think you were going to get. Right, Because people on the outside sometimes look different than the way they look on the inside. Some people, like some cars, look really, really good on the outside. Right, That Chevy Camaro looked awesome on the outside, but when you opened the door, there was a stench. There was gar It wasn't real garbage. I was faking it, just by the way. But, but, but there, was, there was garbage just strewn throughout the vehicle. There was all kinds of things that needed to be cleaned out before you could even take a seat. Right before you could even sit in the driver's seat, there was stuff that had to be removed and moved out. How many of you know that sometimes God is trying to take control and he's trying to get into your driver's seat? But in your driver's seat, you've got so much junk piled up that there's no room for him to get in. That he's waiting on you to start to begin to clean that stuff out so that he can hand to you on a platter the blessings that he has for you and for your future, right? But we've got to clean that stuff out so that we can receive what it is that God has for it. Now, in this country... Uh, we spend a lot of money to look good. Amen? Amen? Some, we have one brave person. How many of you here spend a lot of money sometimes to look? You're like, I'm, I'm not prideful. I don't look good. Yes. You know you spend a lot of money to look the way you did this morning. Right? Most of you. Right? We, we spend a lot of money to look the way we, so we get our, ha our hair done. Right? Hey, listen, my, my daughter is a, is a color specialist, and I know how much she charges people to do color in her hair. And that's a lot of money, right? You spend a car payment to go get your hair colored sometimes, right? right? You get your hair done. You get your nails done, right? How many of you get your nails done? Ladies, don't be shy. You do it. Get your nails done, right? Some of you get your nails done. And people, do you know that people move here from other countries just to open up businesses to do Americans' nails? You don't think, you don't think you're spending money on nails? People come from other parts of the world 
to open up a business that feeds not only their family, but their family back home with how much time you guys are spending in the nail salons, right? You're getting your nails done. Uh, There's whole occupations just dedicated to hair removal, skin care, saunas, mud baths. There's whole occupations just dedicated to that. And unless you think it's just the ladies, there's a whole segment of business dedicated to products to care for and make a man's beard look good. I don't know when the last time you walked through Walmart was, but there's a whole shelf of just beard ointments and beard oils and beard products. Ain't that right, Craig? There's a, there's a whole shelf of it, right? Because the lumberjack look is back, right? People, people are wearing the lumberjack beards nowadays, right? It's kind of back, right? So there's, there's, there's a whole kinds of ways to make your lumberjack look, look good. Uh, we shop for clothes to look the best, feel our best, look successful, feel successful, look less big boned. Am I the only one? <laughs> Look less big bone. Feel thinner, right? We shop for accessories to go with those clothes. You say, hey, Pastor Steve, how do you know about accessories? Because my wife, she says, honey, I just need to go uh, get a new pair of pants this weekend. And I'm like, oh, a pair of pants? Yeah, we can swing that. Come on, baby, let's go get you a new pair of pants. And we go to the store, and she's like, oh, I found the perfect pair of pants. And I said, oh, I'm so happy for you, and I'm so glad that you found the perfect pair of pants, you know. And she goes, okay, I said, so we're ready to go. Let's go eat or something. And she goes, oh, no, I don't have a shirt to go with these. I'm like, oh, okay, so we'll find you a shirt, and then we'll go eat. Okay. So she goes off into the store for another couple hours, you know, and, and then eventually she comes back with a shirt, and she's like, I found the perfect shirt to go with these pants and I'm like will you you just go girl I'm, I'm so glad you found the perfect shirt to go with those pants and she's like this is just gonna look so good together and I'm like yes it is she goes there's one problem and I said what's that I said we can't go eat yet can we and she goes not yet and I said what's the problem she goes I don't have shoes to go with this outfit I'm like, oh, so now we need to go find some shoes, right? So, so then we go, and she finds shoes, and I'm like, okay, hallelujah, praise God. She found shoes. She found a shirt. She found the pants. We are ready to go. Nope. She needs accessories to go with that outfit. We've, we've got to find three different stores in Tampa where we can find just the right uh, costume jewelry to go with that, with that outfit, right? Just the right necklace and earrings that are going to match it. And when the sun hits it just right, it just, you know, it just pops, right? And, we, and we're looking for that, right? And, and sometimes I'm picking on my wife, but the truth of the matter is we all do it. We all do it, right? We, we, everybody in this room probably goes shopping and, and goes and finds something and just to make you look good. How many, there's probably hardly anybody in this room that just gets something off a rack and go, yep, that'll do, and then walks right out, right? And probably, there's a couple people, there is, uh, but most people don't do that, right? Most people go, I, I got to try that on. I got to make sure my belly's not showing. Like, I got to make sure my love handles are tucked away. Like, like I got to make sure it's going to fit. And, and, you know, you, you start looking at this stuff and you start working towards that way. So you need accessories. You need purses. You need uh, jewelry. You need backpacks, right? Sometimes you need fanny packs. Now, am I, I was looking for an amen because, you know, fanny packs are making a comeback, right? There's some people starting to wear fanny packs again, right? Anybody in here own a fanny pack? Oh, we got some we got some proud fanny packers up there in the balcony, man. They were standing up. Yes, right? Fanny packs, they're making a comeback. There, do you know there's even a whole market of looks and clothes that make it look like you don't care how you look? Did you know that? There's a whole market. There's a whole style that looks like, yeah, I just rolled out of bed. 
just, yeah, I just threw this, I just threw this together. I didn't even wash this. You know, I've worn it like 38 times. Didn't even get washed, right? Because that's how much I just don't care. But the truth of the matter is they're going to a certain store in the mall to find clothes that look like they don't care and taking an hour of time to get ready to fix their hair to look like they don't care, right? There's a whole market for, for people who just look want to look like they don't care how they look, right? But they're still spending money and they're still spending time to, to fix how they look, right? And then we go even further here in the United States of America. Then we buy cars that make us look good. And then we buy motorcycles and sports cars and Chevy Camaros and Ford Mustangs and we buy things that make us look good, right? We take it to the nth level, the nth degree, and we begin to look at cars. And if you don't, listen, we went to dinner with some friends of ours on Friday night and uh, we ate it out back and we were coming out and we got into our cars in the parking lot and we were leaving and we had to wait for like probably 10 minutes for a whole group of lifted trucks that came pulling in together with lights in the wheels, lights in the undercarriages, speakers on the outside of the truck. I don't, listen, I may be getting old, but I don't understand speakers on the outside of the truck. Like, I understand speakers on the inside where you're sitting. I don't know that I want to listen to the same thing you want to listen to when I'm pumping my gas, right? So, so there's speakers on the outsides of the truck. But we were stuck there. You know why we were stuck? Because this group of people couldn't just pull in. That would be too easy. And they couldn't just park because that would be too easy. They had to line their trucks up and back them in one by one as they came in, each one playing different music, each one uh, pulling in loud as could be, each one with different colored LED lights under the truck, right? And we pulled out, and I'm like, what in the world was that circus? Like, what was that about, man? That was crazy, right? But we're driving down the road, and my friend that we ate dinner with texts me and goes, you know, I'm feeling a little bit low because I don't have any lights underneath my truck. <laughs> I said, me too, man. I said, I'm feeling a little left out, you know. But, but the truth is we, we go above and beyond on every area of our life to promote the way we want to look, right? Now, some of y'all, it's not lifted trucks and lights. Some of y'all drive a Prius. Right, because you want you want to look a certain way. You want to look like you love some trees, right? You want to drive a Prius, right? It's, it, it doesn't matter what you drive, but you may drive something that makes you look a certain way, right? We don't. We start with our clothes. We start with our hair. We start with different aspects. We add accessories, and then even up to vehicles, we like to drive something that makes us look a certain way. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking care of the outside, as long as we're not neglecting the inside. We can spend so much time and energy and money on the outside and the things that are going on and everything that we're dealing with that we can totally forget about taking care of the inside. Now listen, when I was in high school, lowrider trucks were in, right? Anybody else in their 40s, right? A couple of us, right? We had lowrider trucks. My, 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 I had a little lowrider Isuzu pickup. I was bumping in this, in this parking lot when I was like 16, right? And going down to the youth building. And, uh, you know, low-rider trucks were in, but most of my friends spent all their money making their truck look amazing on the outside, right? And it was just, man, you'd see it drive by, and you'd be like, wow, that, 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 it, it was Nissans and Isuzus and little Toyotas and, and small pickup trucks, right? And they'd go by, and you'd be like, man, now that's a truck. That, that's awesome looking. Look at that. And then you'd walk up to the inside, and there wouldn't be any carpet. There wouldn't be any door panels. You would see a stereo wiring just ran across the whole thing. Like he's getting it stuck in his foot while he's trying to drive down the road, you know. Like it's an entire mess on the inside of the truck. 
But sometimes we as people spend so much time and energy and effort on the outside that we never stop to pay attention to what God wants to do on the inside. And even if we're spiritual sometimes, Lord, bless me with that new truck. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? <laughs> right? we, 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 just, we spend so much time and energy and effort thinking about the blessings that God could send our way, right, that we forget to really concentrate and think about the blessings that God could do for us on the inside, the things that God could do inside of us, right? So how do we care for the inside as well as care for the outside? Well, let's preach about Chevy Camaros for a moment. So Chevy Camaro in the video had three parts, right? It had the body, it had the interior, and it has the drivetrain. And if you're curious about that, we have a, a great mechanic right here in the building, right? He can share and understand that there's a body, there's an interior, and there's a drivetrain, right? There's three parts to that car. So if you take care of the body and the interior, but you never get an oil change, people are going to ooh and ah over your vehicle until you start the motor. And then when you start the motor and it sounds like a jalopy, right, that they're going to go, oh, something's wrong with that car because you never did any maintenance on it. Or if you take care of the body but not the interior, then people are going to ooh and ah over what they see on the exterior until they get a closer look. And once they get a closer look, they realize, oh, there's something deeper here that hasn't been taken care of. And people are a lot like cars. God designed us in three parts as well. He designed us in body, soul, and spirit. So just like that Camaro has body, interior, and drivetrain, we have body, soul, and spirit. So we have three areas that we're responsible for taking care of as well. Three areas of our life that we're supposed to steward and steward well that God gave us, right? God designed us in those three areas. God gave it to us to take care of. So if we just take care of the body and not the soul, then we're in trouble spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. Because you can look like you hit the gym three times a day, six days a week. You can have abs from here to next Sunday. But if you can't exist in a relationship because when people get close to you, they realize there's some serious junk in your trunk, right, then there's a problem. Then you're neglecting the rest of what needs to be taken care of, right? If we just take care of the soul and never take care of the body, then how many of you know we're also in trouble, right? Then we're in trouble physically. Because how many of you know we were just talking about this in Growth Track 101 this morning that each and every one of us has a designation from God to work within the kingdom, each and every one of us have a ministry. If you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's something that God wants you to do. There's something that you're supposed to be doing for the kingdom. But in order to do it for the kingdom, you've got to be healthy in body. Because if you can't walk, right, or if you can't, if you can't breathe, or if you, can't, if you don't take care of yourself physically, you can, it limits what you can do for the kingdom. And then if you don't take care of yourself spiritually, how many of you know that even more limits what you can do for the kingdom? If you don't take care of your soul, that even limits even more what you could do for the kingdom. Because you can't preach the gospel one moment and cuss out the cashier the next. Somebody needed to hear that this morning. Right? You can't stop and try to lead the bag boy to the Lord and tell the cashier to go somewhere else. You can't do that. Right? God didn't design you to come sit in the pews on Sunday morning and smoke crack on Saturday night. 
right? God didn't design you to do that. So there's three parts of who we are that we need to take care of. We need to take care of our health, our body. We need to be good stewards with what God gave us. And then we need to take care of our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions. We need to be good stewards of what God gave us. And then we need to take care of our spirit, right? Uh, now, the spirit is the closest thing to God, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But Matthew 16, 26 says this, But what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Third John 1, 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul, right? So there's different parts of us that we need to focus on, different parts of us that we need to take care of. Our soul is like the interior of the car. The soul is just like the interior of that Chevy Camaro that we showed in the video, right? It could be clean or it could be filthy. Our soul could be well taken care of and clean and nice and, and slick, or it could be dirty, rotten, filthy, toxic mess, right? And sometimes that don't show on the outside right away. Now, you don't take care of your soul long enough, pretty soon the outside catches up with the inside, right? Pretty soon it does. But a lot of times in our life, if you're not taking care of your soul, but you're only taking care of the outside, it takes people a little while to catch on. That's why we do Simbus Marriage Counseling, right? And in Simbus Marriage Counseling, uh, they, they deduct points off of your score if you get married earlier than 24 months. Because it takes about 24 months for somebody to show their true colors, right? Now, some of y'all, like my parents, my parents, my mom's watching today in West Virginia. They got married after knowing each other a week. Man, they lucked out, right? They, they, they were married 58 years until my dad passed, right? So, so they, did, they did well. But most times what I see in today's day and age, that if you get married earlier than 24 months, there's lots of junk that needs to be cleaned out of the trunk. There's lots of things that needs to be dealt with. And a lot of times, can I tell you that you can hide all the junk in your trunk for a time? When you start getting close to people and you start, uh, that's why some people jump churches so much. Because the people at the last church were around them enough and long enough that they found all the junk in the trunk. And then rather than clean out the junk in the trunk, they decide I'm going to go try a different church. Because here I can hide it for a while, right? I can hide it for, for, for a while, right? So, so we all got to understand that we've got to quit shifting the junk from room to room. And we've got to eventually sit down and begin to clean it out, right? We've got to sit down and allow God to begin to deal with the issues that are in our lives so that we can become upright and walking in a newness that we never knew existed because God has something new for us, but we're too busy shifting junk to receive what he has, right? God says, you know, I've got something that would look perfect right there in that corner of your living room. Unfortunately, you've got 37 couches just stacked on each other right in that corner. And God's going, but I've got this couch, man, it's a designer couch. Like, this is from... Uh, uh, crate and Barrel, is that a designer's couch? Help me, thank you. So this is from Crate and Barrel right here, man. This is a this is a slip covered sofa, and it's it's like uh, it's like what thirty eight hundred bucks probably, right? Yeah, Dana, Miss Dana, help me out. It's like thirty eight hundred bucks, right? This is a really nice sofa, and and I've got this for you right now, and it, it would look perfect right in front of your picture window in your living room. It would look perfect right there, but unfortunately, you got thirty eight other old sofas that you've worn out and refused to get rid of, so you just keep sitting them on top of the rack. How many of you remember TVs sitting on top of TVs? <laughs> Who's old enough to remember that, right? 
you got a, a console TV, and that console TV stops working, so it becomes a TV stand, right? You get the next TV, and you put it on top of the console TV. And then that TV stopped working, and you go, man, I'm going to have a TV up high where everybody can see it. I'm going to stick my next TV right on top of the old TV, right? And then you're running antennas everywhere through the house. you got wires. People are tripping, right? It's a, it, kids are like, antennas? What? what? What's an antenna? Right? It's, it's before Wi-Fi. <laughs> so there was, there was antennas, right? But sometimes we've got to clean out areas of our lives so that God has room to work. Because God wants to work in each and every person sitting in this place. God wants to work in your life and your relationships and everything you've got going on. But most of all, God wants to work in you. He wants to work in you spiritually, but you've got to make room for him. So the soul can be clean or filthy. It can be organized or cluttered. It can be godly or it can be worldly. What are you feeding it? It could be healthy or it could be in distress. Souls like the interior of a car can have all kinds of conditions. But it's up to us to maintain the condition of our soul, right? So just like a car where it's hard to distinguish the interior from the drivetrain because they're interconnected, right? You, you have part of the interior. You still have the steering wheel. You still have the gas pedal. You still have the braking system. And that's all connected to the drivetrain, right? It's all connected to the powertrain, right? So just like that's hard to distinguish what's interior and what's drivetrain, it's also hard to distinguish what's our soul and what our spirit is because we're all interconnected, Right? Our body, soul, and spirit are all connected. They're all together. Right? So it's hard sometimes to distinguish that. So let's take a look. The body is our flesh. The body is our flesh. It's our physical senses. It's the way that we experience God in the physical. So when you're praising God and tears begin to roll down your, roll down your face, right? you're experiencing God in the physical. Or somebody's praying over you and you fall out in the spirit, uh, you're experiencing God in a physical manifestation. Or somebody's praying over you and your hands begin to shake or your leg begins to shake and you start experiencing something different that seems like it's out of control. Or you begin, I've even danced in the spirit before and I had no control over it. It just happened, right? And you're experiencing God in the physical, right? Those are moments that God is touching you in the physical. But then you have another part of you and it's the soul. Right? And the soul is the mind, the will, and emotions. That's where we experience God uh, through our limitations. So our mind, our will, and emotions are, are limited parts of us. We experience God through our mind. We read about Him. We learn about Him. We understand Him. We experience God in our will. We have the will and the desire to begin to read the Word every day, to begin to spend time in prayer, to begin to seek His face, right? We have a will uh, that we choose to lean towards God, to try to experience God. So you have your mind, your will, and your emotions. And a lot of times in church, we experience God in our emotions, right? Like sometimes, you know, churches will get blamed on being hyper-emotional, right, or just focused on the emotions. But how many you know we need to focus on all areas of it? we got to focus on our mind so that we begin to study and learn God and apply it to our mind. But we also got to study, study God with our will. we got to have the willpower to do the work and put in the effort. And then we also need to experience God in our emotions. You can't have an emotionless experience with God, can you, Pastor Kevin? When you experience God, it should hit you somewhere in your emotions. You should have a moment where it touches you. And then you have the spirit. And what is the spirit? The spirit is the eternal part of us. It's the God-breathed part. It's the, it's the purest part of how we experience God. We experience him in the spirit. Right? We experience him. That's the purest part. Romans 8, 4 says this. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but live according to the what? 
to the spirit. So the part of us that really interconnects between body and soul and, and or body and the spirit is our soul. That's the part of us that really connects between the two. The battle here on earth is for our what? It's for our soul. What is, what is the devil trying to get? He's trying to get our soul. What is your soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. right? So he's trying to interfere in that area of how we serve God. Right? That's the interconnected part between the spirit and the body. It's, the, it's the, the steering wheel and the brakes and the gas pedal that connect the interior to the drivetrain. Right? It's the soul. And if something's wrong with your steering wheel, should you drive down the highway at 70 miles an hour? Probably not. You're probably going to get in trouble, right? Or if you don't have any brakes, should you go ahead and go and drive that car to work? Right? Probably not. You're going to have problems, right? So just that way, we've got to take care of our soul. We've got to clean it. We've got to spend time uh, making sure that our soul is not toxic and, and allowing the God to, to wash us out, allowing God to move in our life through that area. So we take the time to clean it just like we would detail the inside of a car. How many of you have detailed the inside of your car before? Like really done it, right? Detailing is an art. Detailers uh, get in all the crevices. Detailers take out the seats sometimes. Detailers pull the carpet sometimes. Detailers will even sometimes pull off the door panels so that they can get to areas and clean that have never been cleaned before. Detailing is an art. And can I tell you that when we offer up our insides to God, when we offer up our mind and our will and our emotions to Him, the Holy Spirit begins to detail every part of the inside of us. But He can only detail what you give Him access to. If you only give Him access to the front seat, He's only going to detail the front seat. If you only give Him access to the back seat, He's only going to detail the back seat. If you only give Him access to the interior and you never give Him access to the trunk, He's only going to clean the interior and He's never going to clean the trunk, right? So we've got to open all of our doors this morning, right? We've got to open every portion of it, pop the trunk, pop the hood, open the doors, open the glove compartment, open the center console, and say, God, whatever you see in me that doesn't need to be here, whatever is in me that needs to go away, God, I give it to you today. God, cleanse me out, purify me, make me holy before you today. Take out the areas of my life where I've been sinful and the areas of my life where I've allowed pride to creep in and the areas of my life where I've got a hold of a religious spirit and I can't seem to drop it. The areas in my life, God, that are a hindrance to you working through me, do something in it today. Amen? We need to give him access today. So I heard one pastor of a large church one time that hired a lot of staff and they had a large staff, and he would do the interviews himself. And these prospective staff members would come in and interview, and he would pick out, you know, who he wanted to go the next step further with, and based on their resume and based on their appearance and how they looked and how they answered the questions. And, and then when he got down to hiring somebody, potentially, he would look at them and he would say, you know what, uh, let's go ahead and just go to lunch. And the new prospective person would go, absolutely, you know, let's, let's go. So they would get up and they would walk out of the church building and walk out to the parking lot. And the pastor would go, oh, you know what? I, I forgot my keys. You know, you drive. How many of you would be in trouble if a prospective employer said, you know, you drive? So then he would get in the car with the prospective employee and look, and look around 
And if it was a pigsty, he didn't hire them. No matter how qualified they were, no matter how good at answering the questions they were and how good they looked, if they treated their vehicle like that, he didn't hire them. Now, look, I'm not saying that is 100%. That was his element. But I am saying this, that if there are certain areas of our life that if we don't take care of, it will leak into other areas of our life. Right. If we cease to take care of one thing, there was a there's a pastor, Craig Rochelle out of uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma. Thank you. I get those confused all the time. So he's, he's out of Oklahoma. And he said this one time, he said, if I stop flossing, I will probably go to hell. And I was like, what? You know, and then he's obviously got to break it down. Right. He said, if, if I get up in the morning and I don't floss, then I probably won't brush my teeth. And if I don't brush my teeth, I probably won't go uh, read my Bible in the morning. And if I don't go read my Bible in the morning, it'll lead to this, it'll lead to that, it'll lead to this, it'll lead to that, it'll lead to this, it'll lead to not having any consistency in my life. So sometimes it's important to maintain and keep certain consistencies in our life because they bleed over and they affect every area. So, so the physical, the soul, the spirit, we've got to have consistency in every area because they bleed over. If we're lazy in one area, it will bleed over into the other area, I guarantee you, right? So in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about trading out specific junk. Pastor Kenny next week will be talking about trading out specific junk, getting rid of specific junk in your life to receive something special that God wants to do in your life, right? But before we go today, I want to send you home with two mugs of soul care. You say, well, Pastor Steve, what is soul care? Have you heard of self-care? Right? Everybody, it's a buzzword. Right. It's a buzzword right now. It's all over the news. It's all over. If you do any reading or you, you follow any uh, blogs or anything like that, self-care is a buzzword. Right. So so in writing this, I've come across I started thinking about self-care and how self-care is important. But I came across a, another version of self-care, which is called soul care. Right. And soul care. What's the difference between self-care and soul care? Well, self-care by its very name is selfish. Self-care by its very name is taking care of self, right? But soul care is taking care and stewarding the things that God gave you. It's stewarding something that God gave you well. It's stewarding something that you can impact other people with, right? It's stewarding something that won't leak into other areas of your life. So soul care is important, right? So let's look at two, two parts of soul care that are must-haves. And like I said, this is laying the groundwork for moving into the rest of the series, but the two parts of soul care that we must have is, number one, soul care. Why is it different than self-care? Soul care must be Christ-centered. Soul care 100% absolutely has to be Christ-centered. That if you spend time uh, caring for your soul and working on your soul, it has to be Christ-centered. Now listen, uh, in my research, it's been hijacked a few times, right? The yoga crowd hijacked it and said, no, this is soul care. Right. Uh, it's been hijacked a few times, but I'm telling you today that who created your soul, right, is God. So if we're going to care for who created our soul, it has to first and foremost be Christ centered. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That it's not a matter that I can change anything under my own power. But he can change everything with his. 
amen, that I'm not clutching onto and grabbing a hold of what I can do for me, but I'm grabbing a hold of what God can do for me. So soul care must absolutely be Christ-centered because Jesus is the key to biblical soul care. Amen? There's all kinds of offers out there that the world gives you for soul care, but the only true soul care is Jesus at the center. The only true soul care is keeping Jesus right there. So if we want to get in tune with God, then we've got to work on getting closer to God on every level. Our mind, our will, our emotions, right? That's soul care. So culturally, self-care is self-centered. It's not bad, but it needs to be in moderation, right? Listen, if every time somebody calls you, you go, oh, I'm sorry, that's a self-care day. Hey, Pastor John, uh, you want to help us move this weekend? Oh, I'm sorry, bro. I'm taking this weekend as a self-care weekend, (laughs) right? There's there's moments that self-care is important. But if you end up self-caring more than your soul caring, then you got a problem, right? If you end up self-caring more than you're doing the works of the kingdom, then you've got a problem, right? So everything in moderation, but soul care is what we're aiming for, biblical soul care, Christ-centered soul care. So how many of you know that Jesus practiced soul care? He got away from people on a regular basis. I've been, listen, I have been working on this. Just, just, just for a moment, I just want to share my heart with you. I have been working on this. Ever since we started off the, this year with the Sabbath series, who remembers the Sabbath series? We talked about the importance of Sabbath. Man, I need to re-preach it. There's like two people that remember it. Middle note, put that back into my rotation. No. But in the Sabbath series, like we, we talked about that, and it really hit me hard because I was, I was studying, preaching Sabbath, but I wasn't taking one before that. And I realized my need to take a Sabbath. But then in my study for this week, talking about biblical soul care, I, I found that there's a difference between a Sabbath and a soul care. So as a pastor, I'm finding that one of the biggest needs I have in my life is to pick a day and take a Sabbath where I'm not answering the phone. I'm not doing any counseling. I'm not doing anything that's draining me, but I'm just resting. Right, So I need a day to rest. And then I found that I need another day to do soul care, right? Now, listen, soul care is a part of my work, right? That's something that I have to do because if my soul is dirty and filthy, you do not want me up here preaching, right? You're not going to come here and sit, and I'm like, yeah, this week I cussed out three cashiers and, uh, you know, chased down the mailman with my car and wrecked him in the road, you know. You, You don't want me up here when I'm not taking care of my soul, right? But I want to encourage each of you to find moments in the week where you uh, take a, you need a Sabbath. Everybody in this room needs a day to Sabbath. But then you need to find some time through the week to work on biblical soul care, right? To work on uh, getting away from the noise for a moment. And some of you, you may work in jobs that you can't do that, but at some point you get off work, right? So at some point you do it. You don't do it as a hindrance to your family, like, sorry, kids, I can't play with you. I can't go to your game. I'm soul carrying this week, right? You don't use it as an excuse to get out of stuff. But that you take genuine moments that won't steal time from your family and doesn't steal time from your Sabbath, and you take genuine moments with soul care like Jesus did. Jesus did a lot of ministry, and he also took a lot of time for soul care, right? He spent a lot of time in prayer. The second thing that soul care requires are moments of solitude. 
Everybody rolling from the last one right into this one, right? Moments of solitude. Luke 5.16 said that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. That Jesus often did that. So the priority of Jesus' solitude and silence is everywhere in the Gospels. It's everywhere. It's how he began his ministry. It's how he made important decisions. It's how he dealt with troubling emotions like grief. It's how he dealt with the constant demands of his ministry and cared for his soul. It's how he taught his disciples. It's how he prepared for important ministry events. It's how he prepared, as Pastor Rushing eloquently put it, for his death on the cross. Pastor Rushing talked about it just a little while ago when we prayed over the cup. That he prepared for his death on the cross by taking care of his soul in that moment, spending time in solitude and prayer. Right? Jesus modeled it for us, and it's something that we need to do in our life. So here's, here's the main point of soul care solitude, right? To, to, to be able to do this and do it effectively means you've got to be okay with yourself. You've got to be okay with who you are. Because if you're not okay with who you are right now, and you try to get alone in solitude and do soul care, you're going to go crazy. Because you don't like you. But if you spend some time in prayer, understanding that there's some junk in your trunk that needs to be cleaned out, offering it to God, then the Holy Spirit will help to do a work in you that will create in you a way that you can finally learn to like yourself. And if you learn to like yourself, then you learn a whole new way that God loves you. And operating within your friendships, your family, and your marriage becomes on another level. When you learn to like who you are, there's so much less drama that happens in your life. So listen, we all love ourselves, right? Because if we didn't, we wouldn't eat, right? We wouldn't do certain things. We like to eat. I mean, let's just face it. We, most of us like to eat. We love ourselves. We feed ourselves things that we like, right? Go buy some ribs and some, and some cornbread and green beans, right? You, just, you feed yourself the stuff that you like. For me, it's ice cream, <laughs> right? I love ice cream. I'm on a diet, but I will not deny myself ice cream because I love it. I love myself too much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. So sometimes we love ourselves but we don't like ourselves, right? But there's a fix to that. It's called spending time with the Holy Spirit, spending time with the Lord, right? So what does, what does soul care solitude look like? TV off, phone set aside, no other people around. That means no reality TV. You can't get soul solitude watching the Kardashians. Ain't going to happen, right? got to turn off the junk. You can't be feeding more junk in the trunk while you're trying to clean it out, right? When you start pulling stuff out, you can't say, you know, but I really want to hang on to that. It's not serving me any purpose. It's not doing any good. It hasn't been any good since 1942. But I just really want to hang on to that. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. If it's especially if it's a hindrance to you receiving something new that God has for you then you've got to let it go. So no reality TV, no social media. If you can be okay with yourself and center your soul on Christ, then the next thing that happens is you start seeing just a total newness in your life. You start seeing newness in every area. 
certain things begin to happen that you, you, you never thought would happen. And you're, you're seeing changes in yourself that you never thought would occur and happen because you're getting access to the Holy Spirit to move. Amen? Pastor Brad, would you come? Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Mark is actually the shortest gospel, right? It takes about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes to read completely through it for a fast reader. Mark uses these phrases a lot, immediately or at once. He skips a lot of large events that are in other gospels. He just kind of skips through them or talks through them really fast or writes through them fast. And he'll use the word immediately, at once, and he, and he uses words like that. So it makes you think that Mark is always in a hurry. Right? Or if you only read that gospel, you would sometimes think, you know, in those moments, if that's the only scripture that you read, how many of you know you need to read scripture in context? Right? There's times you focus and meditate on one portion of scripture, but it, you need to read in your reading time in context. Read, read paragraphs, not just verses. Right? And if you only read a couple of scriptures in context, you would think that Jesus was always in a hurry. But if you read through the book of Mark, you find that Mark stops and pauses regularly and brings attention to the fact that Jesus went off alone to rest and pray on a regular basis. And I don't know about you, but I want to be like Jesus. So would you stand with me today? In just a couple of moments, I'm going to turn over the mic to one of our pastor's board elders going to come up and just share a, a brief moment with you before we go today. But before we do that, um, it's of utmost importance with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. Is there anybody that came today that you say, Pastor Steve, I've heard you preach a lot about Jesus today and I've heard you talk about a lot about how the Holy Spirit moves in our life and, and I need that and I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And if that's you in this place, we want to give you the opportunity right now to make Jesus your Lord. So if you need that today, I don't want to close this service without giving you an opportunity to just lift a hand, just keep it up for a couple of moments, and then you can put it right back down. And we're all as a church going to pray right along with you. So is there anybody in this place that needs to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today? Just lift a hand. You can keep it up for a couple moments, and then put it right back down. Anybody at all? So we're going to trust that everybody in here is a born-again believer today. But this is the next thing that I want to pray for. The next thing I want to pray for is, is this, that if you're having trouble with soul care, like you, you know you've got stuff in there that needs to come out, but you just have not uh, cleaned it out. You haven't allowed the Holy Spirit access to those rooms. You've, you've kept those areas off limits. And if that's you in this place and you need prayer for that today, all I want you to do is just lift a hand with all eyes closed. Nobody's looking around. It's between you and God. And those hands, those hands all over. Listen, every one of us have something we need to clean out today. Every one of us have certain areas that we need to give to God. Every other, every one of us have certain areas of our life that we wish we were on different levels than where we're at. Right? So with everybody in the room, everybody that raised hands, everybody that didn't, let's, I'm going to pray over you that if you would, um, you know, we... I don't feel led to ask you to come to the altar today, but this is what I want you to do. I just want you to pray right in your seat where you're at, especially if you raised your hand.
and begin to offer the things up to God that you've been holding on to. And if you can't say them out loud because you're sitting next to some people, just say, God, you know. God, you know what it is. And God, I'm giving that to you today. God, you know that thing I've been hanging on to and I haven't turned over to you. I'm giving that to you today. And you just begin to speak that out of your mouth and begin to say it as I pray today. And then after I pray and close, um, Mr. Bob Armstrong will come up and, and give you an announcement. Father, we love you today. Jesus, thank you for being so good to us. Lord, thank you for your anointing that's in this room. Thank you, Father, that you, you break chains. You tear down strongholds, Lord. You tear down every, everything that stands in between us and you, Lord. Like the song we sang earlier, you'll kick down every wall to get to us. Father, you'll leave the 99 to chase us and find us where we need. Father, some of us sitting in this room are in desperate need of you today. Some of us sitting in this room have held on to things that we need to let go of today. Lord, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would begin to just rush through these pews, that you would begin to just rush through this building, that you would bring a cool breeze to the spirit of every person in this place. Lord, that you would begin to move on each and every one of us today, that we would see the need for you today, Father, that we would see the need for you to clean us out and clean the things that we've been hanging on to. Father, I pray that every area of junk that is being offered up to you privately in their minds or verbally with their mouth right now in this room, Lord, that you would just wipe it away, that you would take it away today. I pray for a, a new cleanliness right now to begin to move through each and every person in this place. Father, that you would begin to do new things. Father, as you clean it out, I pray, Father, that you would begin to put in the things that you have for us. Father, those who are struggling and haven't been able to laugh for years, those who haven't been able to laugh for months, those who have been stressful, those who have been stressed out and, and in fear and worry, I just pray, Father, that your joy would just roll over them today. That as they give up fear to you, joy would replace that today. That laughter would begin to bubble up in them today, Lord. That they would be able to release all the pressure and the strains of this life. And say, Lord, I give it to you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, that you would move on them. I pray over every person who is offering up unbelief right now in the moment. Father, that you would pour faith into them right now. That you would help them with their faith in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray over every person that's been hanging on to a mental illness. Those people who have proclaimed it over their life and accepted it and received it and refuse to let go of it. That, Father, we pray today that you would give them a renewed mind in the mighty name of Jesus. Those people who have childhood traumas who are sitting in this room right now, who were dealt with inappropriately by people they knew or someone they didn't, Lord, but those who have dealt with childhood dramas and they've carried that around in their trunk ever since, Lord. And they haven't let go of it, and it causes anger, and it causes rejection, and it causes pain, and it causes division, and it causes turmoil in their life, Lord. I pray today that they would let it go, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, that they would just turn it loose to you. That, Father, you would move on them today. That you would thoroughly cleanse it today. That you would heal it today. Father, heal it today. Break every chain right now in Jesus' name. Break every yoke. 
break every soul tie right now in Jesus' name. Father, that you would heal it, that you would cleanse it. Pray for a brand new moment. Brand new moment, Lord. A soul cleansing moment. Let us leave here changed today. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. Let me pray over the this morning, just a minute or two, this month is October, I turned 63, that's not what I'm here for, but my mother told me a long time ago, the older you get, the faster time is going to go, so today, a year removed, I was up here doing the same thing that I'm doing right now, and that is to let everyone know that this month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and uh, servant I was a servant to that man servant to pastor now and most importantly a servant to God and we all are a servant to God so Katie has something on the screen this morning pastor appreciation a few suggestions gift card with his kind word thank you pastor maybe he hasn't done anything for you but he just did maybe some cash a gift card if you can't do that don't feel obligated like you have to do it I'm not here to give you a guilt trip I'm here to help you understand that this month is dedicated to us to honor our pastor. A home-cooked meal delivered. Apple pie. Hot dog Chevrolet. Okay? Sonny's Barbecue. Pizza. Meat lovers. I'm helping you here a little bit. Okay? A group gift. So some of us might not be able to have the ability or the resources to do something financially for pastor. But as a group, we can. So if some people want to get a group together and do something special, then that's great. We should do that as a group. That way it doesn't put it, the gnomus on one person. It's a group effort. And be creative. I know that last year I did a lot of crazy things for Pastor and Eddie that nobody knows about. 
not to hurt them, but just little things to say that I appreciate you. I feel about this office one day with balloons everywhere. And on the balloon said, we appreciate you. So just little things like that, creative things. And I know all of you have creative minds. So do something creative uh, to show appreciation for pastors. And not just Pastor Steve, but Pastor Eddie and some of the other pastors around here that serve. Ask Pastor Ted. You don't have to tell anybody. Just do what you, what God leads you to do. And uh, it'll all work out. And uh, if I'm still breathing, I'll probably be here next year, October, doing the same thing. So God bless you and have a great day.